It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Welcome in to Football Futures. I appreciate you being here this evening. My name is Josh Ward. I will get to more talk of Tennessee on the recruiting trail as Football Futures is here every Monday night from 7.30 until 8. The Big Orange Hotline will take over in half an hour. Coming up in just a moment, Jesse Simonton will talk about the disappointing start for Tennessee as it has continued. Tennessee is now 1-3, and three, coming off the loss to Florida, and that does not help Tennessee on the recruiting trail. As we have covered over the last few weeks, Tennessee has a list of big-time names that the Vols coaches have gone after, and it is an off week for Tennessee, so Tennessee can get out and try to communicate with them and tell them about what's going on with Tennessee's football program. But that conversation is growing more difficult as the losses increase for Tennessee. We're going to get to that coming up here in segment number one, Jesse Simonton in just a moment. In segment number two, I'll talk more about the quarterback position. You'll hear from Brian Maurer, his message when he signed with Tennessee, what he was going to attempt to do, and it looks like that's coming to fruition. Now, Tennessee did not plan for Brian Maurer to be playing this early, but he is, and we could see more of him moving forward. Perhaps we see more of J.T. Shrout as well. I think anything's on the table for Tennessee as they have the next couple of weeks to get ready for Georgia. We'll get to that, an update on a Tennessee commit who is at least considering other options, a recruiting rankings update for you, all right here on Football Futures. I want to welcome to the show Jesse Simonton, who covers Tennessee football, keeps up with Tennessee football recruiting as well for VolQuest.com. Find him on Twitter at Jesse R.E. Simonton. Uh, Jesse, it's a different week, same conversation, I guess, to start out with. Uh, the results there on the field, just they're, they're not what Tennessee's looking for. That can't help in recruiting, but it, it's a tough time right now. Tennessee 1-3 and three having been blown out by Florida. Yeah, I mean, it's a slog. We, we talked about it just a week ago, that the opportunity that Saturday presented down in Gainesville. Obviously, Tennessee w- was uh, you know a sizable underdog with good reason, but I think you know going into that matchup, they felt like they had some advantages. The fact that Florida was without you know arguably three of their top five players and to just kind of face plan again. I mean, it, again, I mean, I wrote it on BallQuest. You know, it's just kind of this endless existential crisis that this program's going through, uh, and that now trickles down into recruiting. You know, how do you make sure that you not only keep this class together, but then try to continue to build on the foundation that you have, add more pieces? I mean, it, it's going to be an uphill battle. If Tennessee had won on Saturday, I think uh, you were going to really see what this October uh, first weekend in October. Uh, with, you know, a top three, top four team in Georgia coming to town, atmosphere, night game. Uh, I'll be very curious to see how this is going to play out in the next uh, week to 10 days. You're going to have coaches on the road trying to sell this program this week during the bye week, but obviously we know that's going to be a tough sell right now. Do you have an idea of what the reaction is from those guys, uh, those those big-name players that Tennessee has established relationships with with the coaching staff? Well, if you're talking about guys like Darnell Washington, uh, Noah Sewell, um, Rakim Jarrett, uh, even Thayu Bell Jones-Bell, who's committed to Alabama, Tennessee's going to go see all those guys this week. You know, they're, they're going to be busy, and they're going to try to get some face time uh, in front of all those four- and five-star prospects. Uh, but the start against the, the loss of Georgia State and, and BYU kind of already put them on the uphill battle with those guys to begin with. It was kind of could they crawl out of it uh, and instead of digging, you know, a bigger hole. And so I, I think, you know, there's I, Georgia was already kind of trending with Darnell Washington. The way LSU's playing offense has certainly 
uh, caught the attention of Rakim Jarrett. I mean, those receivers are just making plays after plays. Why wouldn't a five-star receiver go there uh, if that's the way that's going to go? Now Tennessee, I think, really needs to shift, in my opinion, needs to kind of of shift their focus to make sure, hey, let's go ahead and let's get Tyler Barron in the boat. Let's get Jay Hardy in the boat. I think they need some, you know, some optimism and some good news, some good vibes. Uh, And those are two guys that they they at least have a lot better traction with, four-star, in-state, defensive linemen. Uh, You know, those guys continue to take visits. But I think Tennessee's in a good spot with them. I think they need to get them in the boat sooner rather than later. The longer those guys drag on, I think even more the, the more concerning it may get uh, with some others who are you know already in the class. Jesse Simonton, VolQuest.com. Yeah, this is quite an obvious statement, but considering what's happening on the field, on the recruiting trail, Tennessee could use some good headlines, couldn't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's you know. It, they just they need some sort of momentum, and and those two guys are the ob- most obvious candidates because I think we talked about it uh, just a week ago. You know, I, Tennessee wasn't really able to take advantage because of that opening weekend loss to Georgia State of having those three straight home games. You know, they did not get a lot of visitors to town, um, and partly that was by design after you kind of suffer that embarrassing loss. But that obviously comes with a cost because that's three home games, three opportunities. Uh, now they got plenty of underclassmen, even a guy like Peyton Page, five to four or five star, depending on you know site rankings. Uh, defensive lineman, 2021 um, from North Carolina, Josh Burrell is another four star um, athlete, wide receiver. You know, but the, it's, but the, those are 21s right now. Tennessee's trying to salvage this 20 class um, and kind of the fire that maybe some on the staff are, are under right now. It's a difficult it's a difficult proposition. So. This Georgia weekend in, in two weeks was supposed to be uh, their biggest recruiting weekend of the uh, of the of the season, um, and I'm not sure that's going to be the case. You know, we'll see. A guy like Amari Thomas had kind of already decided even before the Florida loss that he was still going to come here uh, next weekend, but it was going to be unofficially, which probably does benefit Tennessee actually in the long run because Amari's not going to make a decision until the All American game in January. So having him possibly on campus, likely on campus more than once uh, would behoove the Vols. But does a guy like Reggie Grimes still make his official visit? Can Tennessee get a Noah Sewell uh, or some of these other guys they were hoping kind of had their fingers crossed on campus? Do they even want them on campus, uh, you know, in two weeks? When, when I, I think we would both agree, Josh, there's a, there's a good chance that, you know, a huge contingent of red and black is going to fill up Neyland Stadium. Uh, and so – there's a lot of difficult questions, you know, on, on the recruiting trail right now for the Vols. Yeah, I would totally agree with that, uh, with the questions and the, the concerns that could be there as well. Jesse Simonton, VolQuest.com. Um, also, th- this applies to the future, the quarterback conversation. It's obviously a big one right now. Uh, Jesse, you've looked at what's going on with Jarrett Garantano. You've wrote about the position. What do you think about where Tennessee is at that spot right now, how Tennessee might handle it? What do you think is best for Tennessee right now as you just evaluate Tennessee's quarterback play? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll actually have another piece coming out. Um, I, I wrote about Garantano on, on Saturday down in Gainesville, and then I had my big review piece kind of looking at, you know, I thought the usage of Brian Maurer w- was particularly strange. You know, they ran, had two running plays, uh, and, and when he's clearly most comfortable, it's kind of moving uh, in the pocket and doing some, you know, more athletic stuff, zone reads even just, you know, some QB sweeps like they did against Chattanooga. They called, you know, 11 straight design dropbacks, and that's not his particular strength. Uh, personally, I, again, I'm going to have a piece coming out kind of examining more about Maurer 
what the offense could look like. I think if you're going to bench JG, I, I think there's no reason not to play both Maurer and Shroud. And, and, you know, it was just 10 or eight days ago that Jeremy Pruitt uh, said that he didn't see any separation between both those guys. Um, that in the BYU game, it would have been JT Shroud who would have gone in because they had more of a quote-unquote pass package versus the run package for Brian Maurer. So if they're going, if Tennessee is going to turn away from number two, and, and I understand all the arguments there, Garantano has, 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 you know, regressed uh, in many ways this season, some, you know, mystifyingly others. He just hasn't been, he's kind of continued the same limitations that he's had for three years, but if they're going to go away from him, I, I think it makes total sense. You have nothing to lose by playing both freshmen and kind of seeing who possibly emerges. Now, I don't particularly think either one of these guys are in the long-term plans uh, for this staff. That remains to be ultimately seen, how, how they possibly play on the field. But that's why Harrison Bailey is so important in the 2020 class. And that's honestly why Tennessee was going hard after adding a second quarterback. And I think they will be a team that explores that grad transfer or just transfer market hard um, this offseason. You know, they, 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 that's why they wanted Haynes King so badly. I know they brought in Taysom Hill, the former Maryland quarterback. I don't see him kind of involved in the, in the equation. There's a reason he kind of walked on at Tennessee instead of maybe going to a very a much smaller school uh, where he had he didn't have a lot of options. Uh, you know, so that's kind of where they are right now. It's a lot of kind of shoulder shrug emojis, Josh, and it, you know, none of them are particularly great. Uh, but I again, if I'm advocating one decision i would say if you're going to bench garantano you have nothing to lose by playing both the kids and do you think jg should be benched would you try to figure see if you can get it figured out is there is there a good option for tennessee right now well right i think i think that's going to be the the the, the tougher question is, is kind of it's going to be a ceiling floor uh argument and clearly the fans have checked out on garantano has the team checked out on garantano has the staff checked out on garantano um, absolutely, there's some frustrations within the building. Um, but if they, you know, if they, if Tennessee, in my opinion, if Tennessee wants to maximize its 2019 season, number two still gives them the best chance to win. But if they believe that it's already a lost cause, you're staring at likely a one in six start. You know, I guess Tennessee arguably could could be could could win that Mississippi State game, although we've seen nothing to date that would actually suggest that. But if you're even if you're optimistic, say they win one in the next three or four games, uh, it's inarguable to me that Maurer and J.T. Stroud's floor is much lower um, than Garantano's. Now, are their ceilings higher because you know they're going to go out there and let it rip and they have nothing to lose and and you know you you feel like the season's lost? I I, I would at least entertain that idea. But it, it again, I, I think it's a t- the whole whatever choice happens, in my opinion, Josh, I think it's going to be a tough sell either way. I know the fans want JG out, um, but again, it could. It, it, a lot of people don't want to hear this, but it could always get worse. Yes, uh, that's something Tennessee fans should know. Uh, Jesse Simonton, he's keeping up with what's going on on the field, uh, recruiting. Watch for his uh, his work and what he has on Tennessee's quarterback position, as that's a big focus here the next couple of weeks before the Georgia game and really through the rest of the season. Follow him on Twitter as well at Jesse R E Simonton. Jesse, appreciate the time and information as always. I'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Josh. I will continue the quarterback conversation coming up at the start of next segment. Hear what Brian Maurer had to say when he signed with Tennessee 
about his goals when he arrived. He came in in the spring and competed for the backup spot. And as you know, he is now figuring into the equation somewhere on the field. That's something Jeremy Pruitt still has to get figured out, as we just discussed. You'll hear from him coming up next. A look at where things stand for Tennessee, a Tennessee commit that is considering other options, and a recruiting rankings update for you all next on Football Futures before the Big Orange Hotline takes over at 8 o'clock right here on FM 99.1, the sports animal. From the Budweiser Studios of Cumulus Broadcasting. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. This is Sports Radio WNML. The future of college football. Now back to your host, Josh Ward. Welcome back into Football Futures. My name is Josh Ward. I appreciate you being here this evening. You can always go back and listen to the show. You can check out any show, any interview, really anytime in the podcast section of the WNML app. You can find it online as well. The podcast section is on our website, sportsradiownml.com. Still a lot to cover here in the final few minutes of the show. Football Futures with you every Monday evening from 7.30 until 8. And you saw Brian Maurer in the second half against Florida on Saturday. He did a few good things for Tennessee. I thought it was pretty obvious there is a lot to work on as well. But a positive with Maurer on the field is that he's an athletic player. He can make some plays with his legs. He is not afraid out there. He is out there trying to make plays for Tennessee's offense. When the ball is released, you don't really know where it's going to go. And there is a fear that he's going to give the ball away, I think, right now. But there is something to build on for the future with Brian Maurer. Is he the quarterback of the future for Tennessee? I don't know. Just as Jesse was talking about last segment, Harrison Bailey's commitment is a factor could Tennessee go after other guys in the future? They went after Haynes King, and he ended up choosing Texas A&M. But right now, Brian Maurer's a true freshman who factors in somehow, perhaps J.T. Shrout will as well. But I thought back to the conversation I had with Maurer when he signed with Tennessee out of Ocala, Florida. Maurer talked about wanting to come in and compete for playing time right away, not just to be the backup, but to be on the field. And at some point this year, whether it's George or sometime later, we could see Brian Maurer starting as a true freshman for Tennessee. Listen to what he said to me back in December when he signed with Tennessee. This is Brian Maurer talking about his immediate goals in Knoxville. Now coming in to start, um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to sit a year. Um, I'm coming in to help the team right away. So that's, that's going to be a big time for me. Yeah, so you're, in, you're one of only three scholarship quarterbacks, Jared and then uh, J.T. Shrout, who was a freshman this past fall. So how much is that a, a factor to you to go in and try to compete for playing time immediately? It doesn't matter how many quarterbacks a uh, school has that you want to attend. Just go in and compete like you're the day one starter. So, I mean, that's just the mindset I have. That's probably a mindset that Tennessee fans like to hear. So that's Brian Maurer. His mindset was come in and try to be the starter, and he might have a chance to be Tennessee starter sometime this season. The quarterback battle will continue the debate among Tennessee fans, I know, will continue as well. Now, in the conversation with Tennessee on the recruiting trail, there's, of course, the discussion on players that Tennessee is going after. If Tennessee can land Tyler Barron and Jay Hardy, two defensive linemen who are well thought of in this 2020 class, two guys uh, from inside the state of Tennessee, Barron is at Knoxville Catholic High School, and then you have Hardy at McCauley down in Chattanooga, that really would be a boost. Tennessee has targeted a number of highly touted players inside the state of Tennessee for 2020, and Tennessee's landed 
a few. Getting Cooper Mays from Catholic has been big. T. Hodge from Maryville is committed. The commitment of Keyshawn Lawrence was so important. The defensive back out of Nashville. But Tennessee has other players who are high on the board, and that would include Hardy and Barron. So that's something to pay attention to moving forward. Realistically, as we discussed last segment, Tennessee is just in a tough spot in trying to go after the best players in the country. And because of that, I have made some comments here in the last couple of days, and I've said in the past, really, I think expectations need to be adjusted in the near future. Long term, Tennessee should hope to play for championships. But if you're watching right now, that's not really in play. And because that's not in play, it's going to make it more difficult for Tennessee to go get a bunch of the players who are more likely to choose Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, of course, from the ACC, Florida maybe. And those players will help those programs, and Tennessee has to go up against them. It's not fun to hear. It's no good for Tennessee, but I do think I think that's the reality of the situation right now. Tennessee will continue to fight on the recruiting trail, and Tennessee will swing for some of the best players in the country. It's just it's a more difficult task now because of the way things have gone. And Tennessee also has the task of working to hang on to players who are committed. And overall, I think Tennessee is in good shape with the players who are committed to Tennessee for the 2020 class. One player to pay attention to potentially is athlete Jimmy Callaway. He could play wide receiver. He could play defensive back in college. He actually was just bumped up to a four-star rating by 247 Sports recently. And he told, I think, rivals not too long ago that he is probably 80% committed to Tennessee, which means he's not entirely committed to Tennessee. And the word commitment can be a tricky one, I guess, in all walks of life, but for sure, recruiting. So Jimmy Callaway is a player to pay attention to, a well-thought-of athlete who has climbed up big time in the recruiting rankings. Kentucky's a school that has continued to recruit him, and Callaway's listening, and other schools are jumping into the mix, it looks like. Tennessee will continue to fight to hold on to him as well. I would say somebody like Harrison Bailey would be important for Tennessee. He has already talked about trying to hold the class together. He and some of the other commitments, Callaway might be a guy they need to work on. And when it comes to the recruiting rankings, Tennessee does have a good amount of work to do. While the Vols coaching staff has to like the class that has been put together to this point with guys like Bailey, Mays, Keyshawn Lawrence, B.J. Ojolari from Marietta High School. Tennessee staff had put this together with the idea of hitting some big home runs to close it out, and that's a little trickier now. If you look at the recruiting rankings from 247 Sports and Rivals, they both have Tennessee outside the top 20 nationally, which is where Tennessee has been for the last several weeks, and that puts Tennessee 11th in the SEC. Tennessee's roster right now has more talent than it's showing on the field in terms of the results. Tennessee had far more talent than Georgia State had to offer. Tennessee had more talent than BYU. And Tennessee had enough talent to be more competitive against Florida. Florida's not 34-3 to better than Tennessee just from a roster standpoint. And remember, Florida was playing without C.J. Henderson, the team's best corner. Jabari Zuniga was out. That's Florida's best defensive lineman. And then their starting quarterback was out, Felipe Franks. And Kyle Trask is certainly capable. He showed that, but he's not an incredible talent, and Franks had been the starter for a reason. So Tennessee has more talent than it's showing on the field. 
but it also doesn't have anywhere near the talent to be competitive with schools like Georgia and Alabama, or really Florida if you're trying to compete to win the SEC. I'd still take Florida's roster over Tennessee. So the Vols' goal remains the same. Go after some of the best players in the country. At some point, Tennessee has to win some games to convince those players that Tennessee is where they want to be. I know there's the idea, well, you can get on the field more quickly at Tennessee. Yeah, overall, that that has to be true. There is more playing time available that's just wide open, frankly, at Tennessee than at Georgia, Alabama, or Clemson. But Alabama put out a graphic last week on its social media account bragging about playing 19 true freshmen in the first three games of the season and starting six freshmen already, six true freshmen. One of them was a kicker, but two players have started at linebacker as a true freshman for Alabama. Alabama has started a true freshman on the offensive and defensive line. So, yes, Tennessee is going to sell early playing time and come here and help us turn things around. But to the best players in the country, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, LSU, they sell early playing time as well. LSU is telling Jarrett, Rakeem Jarrett, hey, you're a big-time player. If you come in and compete, you can play right away as a true freshman. Eric Gilbert's being told, you can get on the field immediately. Same for Darnell Washington. Same for Savelle Smalls, Noah Sewell. And if they're that good, five-star talent, why wouldn't they think that they can get on the field? So Tennessee can sell it, and I'm sure Tennessee's going to continue to do that. But Tennessee needs to show some results to make those players want to sign up with Tennessee. And that will be the goal. Tennessee has two weeks to get ready for Georgia. They'll be talking about it coming up next on the Big Orange Hotline. Thanks for being here on Football Futures. My name's Josh Ward. I'm here talking recruiting every Monday night from 730 until 8 on FM 99.1, The Sports